Welcome once again, Iowa innovators, educators, entrepreneurs, ecosystem builders, and anyone who's interested in finding fresh ways of doing the work that they do right here in Iowa. This is Iowa Innovation, powered by NuboCo and sponsored by Nymaster Good, where we talk to leaders in innovation, education, and entrepreneurship. I'm your co-host, Rob Merritt, and my guest co-host today is Caitlin Byers. Uh, and Caitlin is a member of the team at NuboCo and uh, works specifically with Kiva Iowa. And Caitlin, you want to just talk a little bit about what the Kiva Iowa program is? You bet, yes. So I've been with NuboCo, NuboCo about seven years and recently came on board uh, with Kiva and the the role that I have is overseeing the whole Kiva program here across the state of Iowa. Kiva is a global nonprofit dedicated to um, serving um, underfinanced entrepreneurs and getting them access to capital. So these are zero interest loans that range from one to $15,000. And I'm helping um, small businesses all over the state of Iowa get access to this programming. And these are loans that anyone can contribute to. Uh, you can basically loan like, you know, $10 or $20 to a business owner who you believe in. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. An important aspect. They are crowdfunded loans and you can give $25, you can give $100, um, you can read the story of these entrepreneurs and if you feel so inclined or you feel connected to the work they are doing, uh, we encourage you to make a contribution. And one of those business owners, in fact, is joining us today. Uh, Maggie with Meglin Boutique is going to be opening a new store in Lindale Mall here in Cedar Rapids on October 1st and her journey to that store opening is a fascinating one uh, and so we're excited to have her in the studio today and she'll be joining us in just a moment so with that let's innovate iowa This show is sponsored by Nymaster Good, Iowa's largest law firm with offices in Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, and Ames. Nymaster's cutting-edge, positive legal approach has helped businesses of all sizes succeed for more than 100 years. And the thing is that a lot of entrepreneurs don't even think about how they might need legal help because, after all, you're starting out a business, you're more worried about where you're going to set up at and how you're going to get customers, things like that. But there are so many different things that come up as you are starting a new business that uh, having an attorney in your corner like Nymaster Good is going to be incredibly helpful. With more than 70 practice areas, Nymaster has attorneys with expertise in all areas of law, including corporate structure, capital raising, intellectual property protection, tax planning, employee benefits, labor and employment law, government relations, and litigation. And you know that's actually something that uh, we should ask Maggie about because Maggie is a designer and creates all of these really, really cool, uh, sometimes one-of-a-kind concepts that she's putting out there. And... You know, you might not think at the time, oh, gosh, I need to protect that intellectual property. I need to figure out how to make sure that somebody's not going to be making, you know, like like cheap copies of it or whatever. But um, but having someone like Nine Master Good in your corner can certainly help to make sure that nobody does that. And uh, and so these are the kind of questions that maybe a small business owner might not think of on their own. Mm. But uh, but that's where consulting with someone like Nine Master Good, they're going to think of those things for you and they're going to lay out ways to protect you ahead of time. Visit www. .nymaster.com. That's N-Y-E master.com to learn what Nymaster Good can do for you. All right. Welcome, Maggie, to the show. We're so excited to have you here uh, to offer a little bit of background. It's kind of a funny story how I met Maggie. Uh, the connection happened through my dad. So my dad was um, familiar with a friend of Maggie's, and in conversation, my dad brought up 
you know, that his daughter was um, helping roll out this new loan program across Iowa. Um, and Maggie's friend uh, thought of her immediately because she was looking for access to capital to expand and grow her business here locally. So my dad gave me Maggie's number and I gave you a call and we had a conversation that was really wonderful and I got to know you a little bit more and understand your needs as a business owner and we dove right into the Kiva application. So that is just uh, kind of how we how we got here today and uh, it's been such a wonderful journey working with you, Maggie. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks. Thanks to you. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> and, uh, and Maggie, you have been, so you have Megalyn Boutique, which uh, is going to be having a big grand opening in Lindale Mall in just uh, not actually uh, just around the corner here. Mm-hmm. A few weeks, October first. Wow, October first, yeah. Uh, but uh, but you started much smaller than that. Um, I mean, first, just tell us a little bit about uh, what Meglin Boutique is and and how you design the the clothing that you have there. So Meglin Boutique sell was print clothing and accessories for men, women, and kids. At affordable price, I like to put that because um, what's print design are really expensive. But I'm trying to mm-hmm. like lower the price so everybody can afford it. And uh, and a lot of your designs are um, they're based on uh, a lot of fabrics and uh, and design influences from Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you create some of the some of the some of the designs that you have? Like, where do the ideas come from? So um, in Africa, we mostly wear um, wasp print outfit, and they call it uh, Ankara. That's the famous name for it here and there. And when I came here, going to church and all that, there was nobody that's selling those kind of um, clothes. So if you want to buy from somebody, then we just take the price high because that's something right to get. So then I decided, why not bring it here? Because usually um, I like fashion. When I was in my country, I used to like um, buy a lot of clothes, taking pictures and all that. So since it was something rare here, I say, okay, let me do it. Why mm-hmm. not? And a lot of people like that. Mostly um, people when I don't want to go to church, they usually wear traditional wear, like Ankara fabric and all that. So that's how I started. And and where where did you come to America from? Benin, West Africa, in 2016. And as I recall, you started originally selling your designs uh, at the homes of friends, and then I think also in modeling shows at the mall. Um, how did that come about? So, yes, like I said, it was something difficult to get. So when I started like selling it, I started spreading words and... Every time someone needs um, African wear, they just call me, hey, Maggie, do you have this? Do you have that? And then I put everything in my suitcase, put it in my back mm-hmm. of my car, and then drove there. And I, it was successful, if I, if I can say that. I mean, I was making good money with that. So I said, okay, why not like make it bigger, accessible for everybody, since I see that the demand was there. So um, previously, I was so scared to come to Linamo <laughs> because... <laughs> Obviously, it's expensive, and mm. it was something um, I I did not have like anybody to lean on or have like um, inspiration, mm. if I can say so. And I wasn't gonna do that. And I was talking with my boyfriend, and he's <laughs> really ambitious. <laughs> he's crazy. 
he convinced me to go. <coughs> he said, like, why not go to Linda Mall and talk with them? You never know. So I went there and met Becky and um, Deborah, and I explained them what I'm selling and what was my vision. So I told them I don't have a lot of money. I'm using my savings, so what can I do here? How much are you guys rent your stores and all that? So they told me, okay, you can start little. We have a kiosk here. You can rent maybe um, per week and all that. And I say, okay, since I don't know how people will react to those kind of stuff because it's, it's not known here. And that's when they told me, okay, um, actually there is someone that do a vendor show here um, at the end of the month, each month. And then you say vendor show? Yeah. Or, okay. At the end of each month, and they gave me the contact of the person, and that's how I call her and all that, and I started doing that. And I was the only African <laughs> person <laughs> between all the other people. And it was pretty fun. I was so surprised how people were interested by my designs and all that. And I don't want to say how much I make here, but I really make pretty good money Saturday and Sunday, and I was, wow, blown away. That's when I have the strength to go deeper. Mm -hmm. And I decided to like rent the kiosk so I can be there each month, like 1st to 31st. That's amazing that you found that very like initial, right off the bat, that success at the mall. Um, and I do want to jump back and make reference to, you brought up your boyfriend, who is also a Kiva borrower, um, Kofi Gunn. So shout out to Kofi Gunn. Uh, and he was, I didn't realize, was he at the mall initially? So he was your connection to to the Lindale scene. He okay. was the one that pushed me because <laughs> I was That's so great. That's and to be great. clear, to any of our <laughs> listeners who are not from the Eastern Iowa area, Lindale Mall is a shopping mall uh, in Cedar Rapids. And so basically, yeah, you can have a storefront there, but you can also, there are little kiosks that you can get that are not dedicated storefronts. They're, they're just kind of, uh, they're like, I don't want to say a table, but you know, it's, it's like a, it's like something that's set up in the the general walking area in the mall, and so uh, so it's it's like it's less uh, you know <clears throat> you don't have like a storefront, mm -hmm. but you know you can still set up product mm -hmm. and uh, and so. But speaking of which, so now you are you are looking to go into a full storefront in the mall, um, and how did that come about? So, from the experience of the kiosk, I. If you, you came there, right? I have like mostly accessories um, in front. I have totally been there. Dude, this place is awesome. <laughs> if you have not actually checked it out, like the display is super cool and super colorful. Uh, there are some really, really neat designs there. And Thank you. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited to see what you're going to do with a full store because just the kiosk is, is a really, it's very it, it definitely, mm -hmm. definitely pulls your attention. So mostly when people come by, they stand in front of me and they mostly buy the accessories. And I, from my observation, when I say, okay, can you, you can come inside, come and see the clothes. Some are resistant because, you know, the, the kiosk is small. I feel like they don't want to, like, go into it because mm -hmm. they feel like... No, I did. When, when I, I, I finally <laughs> right. did. I'd been there, you know, when I was, I was talking to you. It, it took me a while before I went in because I felt like I was coming into your space. Yeah, like and I felt like there were three, they, three persons there, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you know, uh, you, know, you were there and there was uh, another employee who was there and... You know, and so you're you're back there, like and like your cash registers there, mm -hmm. and I totally felt like I was like, because this is cool, but I'm totally in their space right now. I need to like get out of here right. and go back outside exactly. again. Yeah, it's, it's, you definitely become aware of that. Yeah, so that that's what happened, and I feel like I'm losing money on that, and people are not getting the chance to come get the clothes. Only people that want to go somewhere that have events, 
the one the the comment they get in, but let's say passengers, people that are walking through, they will not get in because yeah, they feel like they are bridging my personal space. So like financially talking, I feel like um I'm losing money. Mm-hmm. That's why I say, okay, let's go into a bigger store. And also, I don't have a proper dressing room. Those outfits are not stretchy, so people need to try them on to make sure that it fits. So mostly that, too. We had the opportunity to walk through your space when I came to visit, and it is substantially larger. So as Rob mentioned, just so thrilled to uh, see your vision for that space. Um, and can you maybe walk us through that a little bit? So what are some different things you're going to do with this excess space multiple dressing rooms, maybe even like an office on the side. Yes. I couldn't tell. There's a lot <laughs> happening in there. So uh, maybe walk us through kind of your vision for this for this yeah, new location. Um, I'm so grateful I get to get that that place. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so excited. Yeah, like you say, I already built the dressing room, like three dressing room. And I'm, I'm planning to like have a history wall, putting um, stuff about Africa there. So pe- when people coming like you, you can read the wall mm. and get some information about the fabric, where they come from and all that, and different kinds of fabric, the story behind the, the print and all that. And yeah, so, I mean, people will be really comfortable shopping now. They won't feel like they are reaching personal space and I can have more people inside shopping around and walking through the things. And mm-hmm. I'm planning to like decorate and really like do something different from all the stuff there. So. That's uh, that's actually a really good idea to put up things that explain you know the, the story of the fabric and uh, and let people learn about it um, because you and I were talking uh, when I came and visited the kiosk last month and you were saying uh, if I remember this right you said that your customer breakdown uh, you said it was seventy percent um, African African born customers and twenty percent Black Americans and then you said that the last ten percent was white. And you were talking about how a lot of white customers who come in really like your your designs, but that they have some like they're nervous that those designs aren't for them. And you were saying that that's actually frustrating for you. But can you talk a little bit more about that about the the issue of of cultural appropriation and trying to put customers at ease about hey these fabrics you can wear these too. So um, in my country, we don't have any problem with like other people wearing the fabric. Um, besides some of them that is really proper to a tribe or royalty <coughs> families, the other one you can wear it. But here, um, they have their own <laughs> story and all that. Mm-hmm. So people are really careful of what they are putting on, what they are doing, because if you do something wrong, you can get a lot of backlash rebellion from yeah so um from my point of view i think the wasp print is like any other fabric like uh, silk and cotton like the, the fabric those other big brands use and we all buy it so why set um limits the african fashion those are those fabric are really beautiful and colorful and there are people that love colors mm-hmm. and i i feel like everybody should be able to get those if they like to do it, if they want to do it. So I don't really know. I don't want to go on to that um, part of subjects. Yeah. <laughs> but my brain, Meglam, if you're white, um, black, Spanish, no matter where you come from, you can get Meglam 
outfit. I don't have any um I don't have any problem with that. Yeah, well, and you had mentioned earlier that <clears throat> you see people kind of walking up to your shop, checking out the accessories, maybe hesitating a little bit, maybe because of the spatial limitations currently of walking in. But is that also in part of, you know, white customers and the, the way that they're approaching and you're kind of sensing that hesitation right now? Is that something you're yeah, witnessing? Yeah, that's that's another problem too. And, and I asked because <laughs> and I, that I was my, my white <laughs> yeah. white customer always say, "Oh, do you have a dressing room?" And yeah. I say, "Okay, I can make a dressing room for you." Because yeah. they always want to put it on and see how it look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think it's it's something to I think it is you know you were mentioning maybe not talk about it, but I think it is something that is important to discuss. And I fell into that category when I came to visit you, and I looked at all of your beautiful items and I bought this bracelet, which I love. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I just want to make sure I think it's always in the back of our minds. Like, is this me showing respect um, to another culture or, you know, that the idea of, um, you know, never wanting it to come off as some sort of a costume. Right. We want to make sure that I'm I'm uh, being respectful to you and your culture um, and doing it in a way that is culturally sensitive right so it is something that we're thinking about but I, I think of myself as walking up and hesitating a little bit I love the bracelet probably gonna buy some flip-flops um but I did have a moment like that as well so I, I appreciate you bringing that into the yeah don't worry next story. time come and grab it <laughs> <Yeah. with anyone>. <laughs> <laughs> all right I told uh, I told Maggie when I was there there was uh there was a really cool um, there was a blue shirt that was there that I absolutely loved because uh, that's that's like yeah. my color um and uh, and so I said I'm going to be there when uh, when the grand opening happens because um, yeah it is it's a tricky thing because that was my concern too I was like oh I love some of these designs but I don't want to look like I'm wearing something I'm not supposed to wear right um, and and honestly your perspective is it's it's I, I had not heard it described that way before and I was like no that makes total sense I mean mm-hmm. if the designer is is telling you no these are for everybody then you know you should respect that and mm-hmm. so so yeah I, I'm but uh, but that goes back to with your store setup being able to educate people um, about how the designs came to be what how what the fabrics are things like that um, which by the way uh, something else that you had mentioned to me was that a lot of your designs are one of a kind or, or two or three, like you only make a few versions of them because mm. so many people want to have something that they're not going to walk down the street and see somebody else wearing the same thing. Um, how much pressure does that put on you as a designer to try and keep cranking out new ideas and new clothing that doesn't look like something you've done before um, and keeping your ideas fresh? Um, how, do you, how do you do that? It's a lot of pressure, a lot of work. <laughs> I'm getting tired of it too. <laughs> <laughs> because in um, any business, we know that we when you buy something wholesale in bulk, it's always cheaper mm-hmm. that way. But when I'm getting like one fabric, just doing two designs and all that, they are charging me a lot of money for that. And since I want to sell African f- clothes at affordable price, it feels like I'm not making a lot of interest on what I'm selling. Since you want to scale your business, you have to look away to reduce the expenses so you can have a great margin of, you know. So, yeah, that's why now I will have to make um bulk order. I will have to, like, mm-hmm. have one design, um, more quantity to make things easier for me so I can bring in more stuff and continue to grow. What kind of growth are you aiming to do? Like if you were looking at five, ten years down the road, are you hoping to have 
more than one location or one really large location? Uh, do you want to expand into more brick and mortar stores or do you want to expand the online side of things? Like, where do you see your growth going? I really want to like open in other states and other malls here, like Coravi Malls, for example, or Newbo and all that. I really want to like open other store in those um, malls and Timor and Chicago. Why not? No, definitely why not? Yeah. <laughs> it just means you're going to have to make a lot more designs. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and also, I'm working on a project right now. I I want to like open a factory job, like um, here and hire a lot of um, seamstress and tailors, so everything can go smoothly. I can buy my fabric myself in bulk, and all the equipment I need for them to sew it, and I will just have my collection pre-made, like pre-prepared, like on six months scale, mm -hmm. and just give them the designs to do. They do it, ship it back here, and sell it. I think it's gonna be easier that way. Well, I've been curious because I'm a follower of yours on Instagram, and um, I was able to kind of catch some behind the scenes. You were showcasing, you know, being at a market uh, where they are selling fabrics um, back in your home country, and there were beautiful prints, and it, it was just a busy scene. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah. It was like, okay, I need to know the the history about. It. Is she currently? Is this a friend that is making purchases for her? And then also here, I'm interested to know how many seamstresses you have that work with you, and how you you know keep up with that demand in that way. So can you share a little bit more about kind of um, purchasing those, but then also what that looks like here already, and uh, that kind of feeds into how you want to expand and grow that operation? Yeah, so the lady that, is, that usually went um, the market for me is, I can call her my team lead. Okay. okay. I started working with her back in 2018. Right now I have like four official um, tailors and seamstress. And they all have the workers too. Okay. So yeah, that's her. And we always on the phone when she go to the market. I say, oh my god, <laughs> I love that. She's just showing me all it's the beautiful. fabric, mm -hmm. and we just be talking on the phone. And I will just be okay. This one we can do this and that and this and that. And she will also be yeah. You see this fabric? We can do this and that. <laughs> and I say please, I don't have too much money. Just just hang up, hang up, hang yeah. up. Just buy. she sounds like an inspiration <laughs> now. You know. <laughs> It's yeah, good to have someone like that. On your that's team. what she does. So she loves sewing, and I I love designing. So yeah, we both match up. I, I love her. That's a great combo. You yeah, and I try to work with people here, mm -hmm. but say they have the job, and it's really <laughs> difficult to keep up with them because the deadline is hard to. They don't respect the deadline and all that. Mm -hmm. So I just say, okay, I have one seamstress here that I work with because she's available and she's trying to keep mm -hmm. up with me. But the, mostly all of them are in my country. Caitlin was mentioning your Instagram earlier and your Instagram feed is awesome. I just have to throw oh, that out there. You. You've got like <laughs> some really, really uh, fantastic images there that showcase not just your products, but like, you know, people wearing them. And, and there's some uh, just really, really neat stuff on display, which, which makes me ask, uh, Instagram is obviously kind of an important business component for a number of businesses, but it seems to be an especially important one for you. Can can you talk about how much of an impact Instagram makes on the success of Meglin Boutique? 
since uh, what megalomaniac is selling is not something we see every day, I have to put more work in it. Especially the fabric, I have to display them in a way that showed how beautiful they are, and also show where they come from, so people can know more about me, my brand, and know more about what they are saying and what they are about to buy. Especially like you can get clean. Yeah. You can be maybe more comfortable mm-hmm. buying it since you know more about it now. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. So yes, that's why I always to try to do um good pictures and show African fabric in a way that when you see you say wow and you will be interested. You will, I will keep your attention. And mm-hmm. then you will spend time on the Instagram, scroll to the videos and it, as long as you're scrolling, you will feel more comfortable. You will feel, um, you will know more about it. And maybe in the future, you will say, okay, okay, I like it. Mm-hmm. I will buy it one day or you can plan on buying it in the future. You bet. And something I've loved um, watching via your Instagram are these sh- um, these modeling shows that you've done. <laughs> and I love how you're using the space within the mall to actually put on these shows, bring in local talent, have people wear your uh beautiful accessories and clothing and um so that's been really wonderful and I'm wondering you know are there do are you planning to continue those shows um and are there ways that we can get the community to come to those shows and support you so maybe talk us through you know that that process I'm definitely planning to continue those shows great (laughs) I did three this year one at um, Mount Mercy University for the multicultural um multicultural something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and the second one was um in the community african community okay with although the business owner and the third one was uh in watelo with uh mrs joyce and yeah i'm planning to do more and now we have another one at the grand opening okay too. so the way you guys can help me spread the word out is by sharing yeah <laughs> so um a- as part of the you know, as part of as we're leading up to your your grand opening in Lindale Mall, um, a big part of you making that transition from a kiosk into a full store was you working with Kiva and successfully getting uh, a Kiva loan funded. Um, can you talk about how that happened? How how did you get connected? Well, I mean, uh, Caitlin talked a little bit about how the two of you got connected, but uh, from a business perspective. When you first learned about Kiva, what was it about Kiva that made you as a business owner say, oh, this is something I should pursue. This is something I should apply for. How did that happen? So when I was about to open the kiosk, I did not know that it would cost me so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to the bank. And at that time, I have a great credit score. And I, w- I was working at Whirlpool, like great income. And I told them I want to do a business. I need money from you guys. And they say, oh, you have to do two years on tasks for two years and have freer income and all that. And the money they were proposing me was really small. Mm -hmm. So I got mad and I said, okay. And then I used my credit cards and all my savings and all that. And it was not enough. That's when I I started asking around for, "Ah, you guys know any like institution that work with small business owner, like any loan, any... And that's how I talk with Ariel too. And then she connect me to you. And then we do the Zoom call and you explain how Kiva works. Mm-hmm. And I tried. 
And I was so surprised when you said it has like 15,000 without any interest. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that can be a game changer for a business owner. Yeah, mm -hmm. game changer. And trust me, I'm spreading the words. So yes, it's, it's a great opportunity for like business owner like us that is starting off because it's mostly impossible to get any help like from the bank when you're just starting up. It's, and doesn't, it's not fair. Mm -hmm. It doesn't yeah. make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, we always are saying that <clears throat> we're not we're in no way in competition with traditional financing. If anything, we want to make sure that we're getting business owners to a place where, you know, you are producing revenue and then you can as you need $50,000, $100,000, you can go to that banking partner and access that those funds. Um, and so I think this is just a really great starting point because it does it starts you off in the right way again with a zero interest you're not you know, getting locked into credit card fees or whatever that might look like, um, which can tank a business very quickly, you know. Yes. So um, I just think it's such a smart move, um, especially if you're having that situation where you go into a bank and uh, and you're having that challenge of, you know, you don't have the collateral or the or the exactly. text or the bank statements and such to, to prove. Um, so I think it was so wonderful and refreshing to chat with you and kind of hear about, you know, your plans for the future. And this is a, a model example of the type of businesses that Kiva is is interested interested in working with. Um, so, uh, and you've been a huge advocate for the program. So thank <laughs> you. Every time I ask when I talk to someone, now how did you hear about the program? And yeah, I think like four or five have been like. Well, I, I know this girl, Maggie. <laughs> it's like, yes. And uh, they're always, you know, wonderful uh, business owners. And I've really enjoyed getting to know some of your friends. So thank you for sending them our way. Thanks to you. Thanks to yeah. Kiva. Yeah. Thanks to all of you yeah. for this opportunity, you know. Yes. Well, and that was something that, that you had said to me before, was that you wished more people knew about Kiva. And so, yeah, it's been awesome that you've been an advocate for it. But uh, what, what, um, what do you think... Uh, what do you think needs to happen in order for more people to be aware, like more business owners to be aware that Kiva is an option for them? I mean, more advertisement, mm. like what we are doing now. And I think in, I don't know if in the white community, people know about it, right? You know, uh, that has been, again, kind of going back to some earlier conversations we we're having about how to market to different audiences. Exactly. You know, I, um, I have very much found it um, the best way to market is for me to find people in communities that are different than, you know, one that I might be a part of currently and having that person buy in and advocate for the program because I can't just walk into any space and say, hey, here's this program. Everybody exactly. dive in. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, people would be skeptical. Mm -hmm. And um, in any case, when you're borrowing money, I mean, it is something that is. If you don't, people don't take lightly, right? So you want to make sure that it is a trustworthy um, program, and so having someone that you sit that you feel comfortable with, um, again, serve as an advocate for the program is huge. So we started off with, oh, let's do all of this different type of marketing, and I found the best strategy is really to find people in communities across Iowa, whether that is mm -hmm. people working with Hispanic-owned businesses mm -hmm. or people um, that are working with just Black-owned business or women-owned business or whatever that might be and really finding those groups, making those connections, yes. and then having those individual leaders spread the word. So I would consider you as one of those people <laughs> at this point in time. So thank you for helping us market the program. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm always about helping and 
educating my people because yeah. I know a lot of people that have big dreams, but they are so scared they don't have um, any resources mm-hmm. and they also don't like to make do research. That's that's our problem. But it's okay. I'm here. I'm gonna spread the word for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean that brings up a good point, uh, Caitlin. If there are business owners who are who are scared or who don't know which way to go, mm-hmm. uh, and they're listening to this and they're like, Kiva, oh, that might work for me. If someone is interested in trying to become part of the Kiva program, or how do what do they do? Where do they go? I mean, it's pretty simple. You just give me a call. Um, <laughs> but truly, I mean, we try to make it um, as barrier-free as possible because uh, really, if you think the application process, I don't know how it was for you, but it's designed to be something that you can pull together in you know an hour or two if you have all the documents and um, you know you've got a photo, you've got your business documentation of some sort, um, and then really it's just having a conversation with me to say, hey, where are you located? Tell me more about yourself and your business. Um, what are you looking to fund? You know, how are you looking to grow? Um, and then you know once I review the application and provide feedback. It's a pretty slick process in terms of the Kiva team then reviews, and they send you an email and say, hey, you've been approved for this much money. Uh, do you accept? Here are your loan terms, um, which are up to three years, again, with a zero interest. So it's a pretty slick process um, that is 45 days total once you get going. So you are fundraising on the platform for 45 days. You could fundraise faster. You could be right up against that 45. Um, but again, it is designed to be, you know, we just want someone to feel comfortable. If someone gives me a number of someone who is a business owner, I will give them a call. Mm-hmm. If you prefer Zoom, if you prefer in person. Really fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, I'm looking for, you know, that is, I want to mention that um, when you said, are you just speaking with white-owned businesses, you know, this this program is designed to serve women-owned, minority-owned, and low-to-moderate-income mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. So 100% of the businesses we work with fall into those categories. Um, and again, just people in that earlier stage that, that we are are trying to reach so that you know you have a jumping off point and you have a place to go from there and you can make those dreams a reality so give me a call <laughs> I'm I'm kind of the only one at this point, uh, so I think Kiva, uh, <laughs> Kiva.org, right? Kiva.org. Yeah. You, you can, apply. She really yeah, yeah. You. Once you start an application, I should mention that if you start an application, even if it's just inputting your name, address, you know, phone number. I have that information and I'll reach out too. So um, if that's an easier segue, just start an application and I will, I'll be in touch with you. So your grand opening is just around the corner here, October 1st. Mm-hmm. <coughs> do, you, do you have any uh, like special plans for the big day? Is there anything that's gonna be happening in the store? Yes, I will have the ribbon cutting ceremony and then I will have the fashion show and then- What, what time does the ribbon cutting happen? Uh, we, we will start at 2 p.m., 2 p.m. to 2 p.m. 8 p.m., yes. So everybody can make it. <laughs> Updating my calendar right now. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> we have the fashion show, and then, you know, I will pop the champagne. Oh, yeah. And then you guys can visit, shop around, ask questions, you know, that. It's going to be fun. We will, be, we will have music and all that, so. How are you yeah. feeling? Are you, are you excited, nervous? I am so excited. <laughs> I know sometimes I with things so like excited. that, it's like it's like you're working so hard to get ready yeah. that you don't even have time to think about it. And mm-hmm. then the day finally gets there and you're like, oh, here it is. Yeah. I, I don't know how many times I've had people say, are you excited about this? And I'm like, 
I, you know what? I'm too tired to be excited. I don't even remember. <laughs> I didn't even know it. Thanks for reminding me that it's happening because I'm yeah. so focused oh. on all the preparations. Oh, yeah, that is in three days, isn't it? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. <laughs> I still have like three weeks, so I'm good now. You're good. <laughs> I feel like maybe um, when we're approaching the date, I will start like, because I, would li- I like everything to be perfect. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. I like it because. Um, I'm like remodeling all the store, like the pants, the floor, and all that. So it's, I feel like I'm raising my baby. Mm-hmm. So I like it. Well, I know I'm super excited. Uh, I can't wait, and, uh, and hopefully a lot of folks can can join us and make it a really big event. But uh, but Maggie, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, and and it's just really exciting to see how the boutique has grown uh, over. It's been four years, right? Did you start in 2018? Three. Three. 2018, okay. I was, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I start, I really start 2019. Yeah. 2019, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that that's even more impressive. Mm-hmm. That, to go from to go from that to where you are now uh, is just fantastic. And so hopefully a lot of people come out and join. Uh, we'll certainly be there, and we can't wait. So thank you so much. Thanks to you for having me here. Yeah, thanks to Kate. Wonderful. <laughs> She's always connecting me to great people. <laughs> that's what I like about people. I'll just keep the connection. The, keep it coming. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much to Maggie for coming on the show. And remember, you can find Maggie on Instagram. Uh, she is listed as Meglum Boutique. You can also go find her on her website at meglum.co. M-E-G-G-L-A-M.co. Hey, if you love the show, please subscribe and leave a review. And you can also visit our blog, nubo.co slash blog, to find key takeaways from this episode summarized and detailed. Finally, we would sure love to have you consider a donation to NuboCo. Your contributions to our nonprofit help us continue to serve innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs across the state of Iowa. To learn more, visit nubo.co slash donate. This podcast is produced and distributed by the LAS Media Group. For more information, go to lasmediagroup.com. All right, I'm going to head out to Lindale Mall, get myself some new threads. Thanks for listening, everybody.